Second Kings chapter four, verse from verse one to seven. Second Kings chapter four from verse one to seven. I read from the New Living Translation. Second Kings chapter four, verses one through to seven. I read. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets, everybody say the group of prophets, came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me what you have in the house. Nothing at all except a flask of oil, replied the woman. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. Verse 5. So she did as she was told, and the sons and her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to her sons. There aren't any more, uh, he told her. And then the oil stopped flowing. Verse 7. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on what is left. The Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. This story is a classic in how to demolish poverty from a life. Praise the name of the Lord. How to demolish poverty from a life. Classic story. So I'm praying today that by the time we are done, poverty will be totally demolished from our lives. In the name of Jesus. Pastor Kichi, please come forward now. Poverty will be totally demolished from from our lives. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, the, the, the interesting thing is that if you are being blessed by God and you have no clue on how that is happening. You have no clue on how God is, is, is blessing you and is doing the things he's blessing. There's a name for where you are and it's called wilderness. Praise the name of the Lord. It is only in the wilderness that God will be blessing you, quote and unquote. The manners will be falling and you have no clue. No clue. And you see, when a lot of us talk, think about um, financial prosperity, we are thinking of some breakthrough that will just happen. We don't even know how God is going to do it. I see, when, if, when, when, when we pray, we attend these great services, and it's as if God stares the waters, and whoever gets into the water is healed, so to speak, and, and we get this windfall, and we don't know where it has come from, we don't know how to sustain it. When the windfall goes, and we are back to square one, we begin to Pray and to fast again. I'm praying today that God will deliver your oil to you. Amen. That we keep producing. Amen. That you can live on for the rest of your life. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So the issue with being broke is not an issue of lack of money. With being broke, money is not the issue. Money has never been the problem. Money has never been the problem. I was explaining last week at the, at the part one of the teaching if you missed it, I encourage you to get the CD. I was explaining how money cannot be the problem. How we never do things. For instance, the girls from his house, because of money. Oh, we, maybe there's enough money. There's, 
Maybe there's not enough money. No, we do things because God has commanded us to do it. And if God has ordered it, God will pay for it. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> now, if it is not a money issue, what's the issue? The issue is usually three things. Usually, perspective, attitude, and wisdom. That's all. The problem we have is a perspective problem. It's an attitude problem or a wisdom problem or a combination of the three. So I'm praying today that God will give you and give us the right perspective, realign our attitude, and impact the wisdom that we require for us. In fact, the abbreviation is P-A-W. And someone was saying to me on Twitter that, last night that, oh, Pastor, I know you have an AK-99 to shoot down poverty. Poor, poor, poor. I said, I don't only have an AK-49. I have a fired assault rifle. I have a, a striker shotgun. I've deployed a lot of sentry guns around here. You don't know. I can call for airstrike and Delta Force. <laughs> All against poverty. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> so, in this story that we have read, there are a couple of principles that will ensure that poverty remains a stranger in your life and your lineage in the mighty name of Jesus. Pay attention very carefully. Take notes. If you, I know you all have notes um, to, uh, and all that, but please take notes and follow me because I'm going to be going very, very fast. Principle number one is the principle of responsibility. Everybody say Responsibility. God said to the woman, the first thing you do is pay your debt. Then leave on the rest. Pay your debt. You see, the, the strange thing about a lot of us is that we, we don't mind hoeing people and we don't have a sense of responsibility towards them. How do you expect that you would prosper? It doesn't work like that. Praise the name of the Lord. Now everybody's quiet. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> I have a friend. Well, I don't know if I should call him my friend. That, there was a time my wife and I uh, were running the business together. And like I said in the first um, worship experience, that if you want to know how solid your love is between you and your wife, both of you should run the business together. Sparks will be flying. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we're running this business together, and we brought in these equipment, you know, um, for the business, and they weren't cheap at all. And there was one of them that we weren't using at that time. And I had a friend that said to me, oh, you know what? Lend, loan me this equipment. And I said, why not? Come and take it. My wife said, I don't trust this guy. I don't trust this guy. Everybody say, listen to your wife. <laughs> I don't trust this guy. I say, no, he's a good guy. He's going to pay back. He's going to bring it back. You know, the guy took the equipment. This was 2005 till today. And he carried on with life as if everything is normal. Listen, if you repay evil, if you repay good with evil, the Bible says evil will not depart from your house. President the Lord. Many of us, we need to adjust this immediately. Everybody say immediately. Some of us, the debt needs to be forgiven because you can't pay, but you have to address it. Number one. Principle number two, the principle of loyalty. Everybody say loyalty. Sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. You and your sons. The, the, the um, man of God was saying, don't forget your sons. Don't forget the people that suffered with you. I mean, I thought that was a no-brainer. Don't forget the people that went through this press with you. I, like, I had a friend. I, she's still my friend. Our father was very wealthy. He was really very wealthy. And when he passed on, he, 
of course, the, 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 the wife had control of everything he had. And this woman will not even pay this lady's school fees, her own daughter. Not that she doesn't have the money. She has money. She will not pay the school fees. She's, she was carrying, I was trying to get the word in the first worship experience. You know, she was the sugar mommy. So the guys were what? The sugar, the candy boys. <laughs> what are they called? <laughs> bo- bo- toy boys. Ah, okay. They've told us. Toy boys. So she was just carrying toy boys, you know, living, going on a rampage. Not loyal to her own blood, her own children. She refused to pay. In fact, the lady pay her school fees through the master's program. What she, the mother could have paid without even thinking. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't abandon the people that suffered with you. Please say to your neighbor, don't abandon the people that suffered with you. Principle number three is the principle of divine direction. The principle of divine direction. The principle of divine direction simply states that God knows your way out of poverty. Go and get it. Go and get that direction. God knows your way out of poverty. In the part of the world that I come from, you know, I was just feeling the first worship experience that, you know, we have people, I don't know if they did first or worship second worship experience, in um, Aberdeen, there's someone in Aberdeen that rented a school hall and rented this, the big screen and is projecting our service live. So they are watching us live right now or they watch the first worship experience and it's gathered their students together. Praise the name of the Lord. So... Let's wave to the people in Aberdeen. Wave to the people in Aberdeen. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, the key thing, the part of the world, so I need to change my lingo, you know. In the part of the world that I come from, <laughs> there's, there's something that, it, that is being said. I'm going to interpret it. It's, it's, it says, they say that, it means that it is God that knows the path to wealth what you do to be successful, it is God that knows it. There's a path that the fowl of the air does not even know. There is a God in heaven that knows that thing that you will do. It is not what your father did. It is you, what you did, what you need to do. God knows what you need to do. Praise the name of the Lord. And God will release it to you today in Jesus' name. So she, she went to Elisha. Am I saying, go and seek out a prophet Quote, unquote, no, that's not what I'm saying. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, the word of God says that God, who in sundry times and in diverse manners has spoken to the fathers through the prophets, this day is speaking to us through his son. So in those days, you need to go to a prophet. Today, he's speaking to us through his son. His son in two pronged his word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God, and on and on and on and on. And it says the word became flesh. So the Son is the word. And the Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. So when God wants to speak to you, God wants to talk to you yourself. Say, God wants to talk to me. God wants to talk to you more than you can imagine. In fact, God is talking to you already. You have to learn how to hear God in the little, seemingly little things. Where to go. What direction to take. Ask the Holy Spirit. I've, I've told you guys before, when I meet someone that is for the first time and I shake their hands, I ask the Holy Spirit, who is this person? And the Holy Spirit usually will tell me. You may think that is trivial, but God is interested in that. He will say, oh, this person is... Such and such. And he's always correct, of course, you know that. Ask him in the little things. I give the example of how I was driving in Matt's village, in, in Matt Bird's village in London. You know, they drive on the wrong side of the road. Matt, you guys drive on the wrong side. <laughs> so I was, you know, I had this GPS thing because I didn't know the way. And there was construction going on. So the GPS had not, like, updated itself. He didn't know that. 
there was a roadblock. So he took me right to the roadblock. I was like, wow, how do I get to this church? Now, of course, it was recalculating and all that. And I knew I was going to get to the church late. I didn't want to get to church late. I wasn't preaching. They don't even know me in the church. And like I said, I, I, I don't, they don't need to know me in the church to come early to church. When you come to church, who are you coming to meet? God. So why would you come late to church? Anyway, so I was like, Lord, what do I do? 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 And the Holy Spirit said to me, look at that vehicle. Now, I know some of you will not believe it, but it's okay. But I will share it anyway for those that will believe. Because <laughs> it's the truth. If you know me very well, you know, I won't come up. I won't lie to you. Anyway, he said, look at that car. And I saw the car. And the Holy Spirit said, follow that car. And the car pulled out and was going. And I had to decide. Am I going to be foolish? I'm following a car. If he calls the cops, <laughs> someone is trailing me. Oh, am I going to? So I pulled out. I followed the car, switched off the GPS. The car, of course, navigated through all sorts of, you know, look and cranes that I, that I wouldn't know. I probably the GPS doesn't know. And I looked up, and the car veered off, and there was the church I was going to. Right in front of me. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Now, for you, you may just want to bother God with the big things. I'm saying if you wait for the big things, you'll be under too much pressure. That's not when to hear God. Hear God in little things. In seemingly little things. You want to eat. God says to you, don't eat yet. What do you do? That with it. <laughs> that will determine if God will give you more complicated, instruction, complicated instructions further down. Praise the name of the Lord. Principle of what? Divine direction. So number one, the principle of responsibility. Number two, the principle of? Number three, the principle of? Number four, the principle of obedience. It follows, if you get divine direction and you don't obey, what is the value of the, of the direction? It simply states, you cannot go beyond your level of obedience. That's the principle of obedience. You cannot go beyond your level of obedience. You, you will not hear God more than your last obedience. You cannot go beyond your level of obedience. God has said to you, do A. Do A and watch what God will do. After all, he is God. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 5 says, so she did as she was told. She did as she was told. Many of us are, are looking out to God for a miracle. But you see, God will not do by miracle what we can do in obedience. God will not do by miracle what we can do in obedience. God has told you, do A. Just do it. Oh, A doesn't make sense. Oh, A is going to cost me a lot. Oh, I've never done A before. God says, I want to do what has never happened in your lifetime before. So I'm going to ask you to do what you have never done before. Praise the Lord. Ask your neighbor, what will you do? Will you obey or not? <laughs> principle number five, it's, it's the oil principle. You know, the oil, everybody say the oil principle. The, the oil principle simply states that everyone has oil. Everyone. No one is born empty. Everyone has oil. Everyone has oil. What do you have in the house? Nothing. So it, it tells us that, you know, the solution is already in your custody. The solution is already within you. That's number one. Number two, this solution is easily disdained. It's easily disregarded. It's easily swept aside. We are looking for something grand. And God is saying, no, you have oil. If I have oil, where is the oil? I'm going to attempt to show you where the oil is. Praise the name of the Lord. But it's noteworthy that the prophet didn't have money, but the prophet had oil. That is a teaching for another day. 
The prophet didn't have money in the house, but the prophet had oil. It would be a disaster if the prophet had money and didn't have oil. Disaster. Anyway. The oil principle. So, where, where is my oil? When we talk about abundance, very quickly, people's mind go to money. Money, which is why we've teamed it money, money, money. Because, okay, yeah, you can as well think of it <laughs> as money, money, money. You know? But you see, money, don't, like someone said, don't seek to be a person with money. Seek to be a person of value. And money will come after you. Seek to be a person of value. Why are uh, the organizers of the event that Matt Bird is coming for, why have they flown him all the way to come and talk about relationship? Why? 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 Value. He's delivering value. Praise the Lord. Seek to be a person of, of value. So money is not the issue. If I seek after money, I'm going to love money. And if I love money, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hurt my relationship with God. Because like we learned last week, money is a spirit. Money is not a note. Money is not a, a coin. Money is a spirit. So God says, you cannot serve God and, and money. The number one contender of, with God of our hearts is money. It's not women, for those of us that are male. It's not women. The number one contender for your heart is money. Why? Because people think when they have money, they can get all the things that they need, including women. But they are wrong. Women, are they not wrong? You can't even say it well. Women, are they not wrong? (laughs) Now, 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 now. Praise the name of the Lord. When I become a person of value, like Deuteronomy said, money will pursue me and overtake me. Which is easier, when I'm pursuing money or when money is pursuing me? If you are pursuing money or when money is pursuing you, which one is easier? When money is pursuing you. In fact, I said, when money is pursuing me, I will cuckoo stop and say, catch me. What would you do? If money is pursuing you, what would you do? But God is saying to you and I, if you focus on the oil, financial abundance will never be an issue if you focus on the oil. What is the oil? Like I said, I'm going to attempt to help us locate the oil. When we are done, you see how seemingly simple it is to locate the oil, then the ball will be in your court. The first thing you need to understand is the oil has to be something of value. Everybody say value. The oil has to be something of value. Value. You are going to have to endure my handwriting. Someone said to me in a nice way, a lady said to me, oh, pastor, you should have been a medical doctor. <laughs> I said, that's a very nice way of saying I have a horrible handwriting. Doctors, no offense. It's common knowledge that your writing is very poor. I don't know why. Have you noticed? I don't know why. So maybe I should have been a doctor. So bear with me. <laughs> and that's why I write in caps. Have you noticed? the safest way. Now, you have to be a person of what? Value. So, let's assume that this space is all the value that there is. You cannot deploy all the value there is. You can't. So, I have to find what is of value that I am gifted for that I'm talented in? What is of value that I am good at doing? 
That's my first step. So I need to find something that is of value that I am good at. Something that is of value that I am good at. So all these other spaces, I'm not going to focus on them. Something that is of value that I'm good at. That's number one. Now, that's not enough to find your oil. You need something that is of value that you are good at and that you enjoy doing. Everybody say enjoy doing. Something of value that I'm good at and I enjoy. So I need to find something of value that I'm good at and that I enjoy doing. But that's still not enough. Because going by what Elisha said to the woman, go and sell the oil. We preached a sermon some time ago, go sell that oil. You need to get the city, you know. Go and sell the oil. So what does that tell us? It tells me that it's something of value that I'm good at, that I enjoy doing, and that someone will pay me for. That I can get paid doing it. So my oil is something of value that I'm good at, that I enjoy doing, and I'll get paid for it. My oil is something of value that I'm good at, something of value that I'm good at, that I enjoy doing, that someone will what? Will pay me for. So if I have something that I'm good at, and I get paid for, and I don't enjoy doing, I'm good at it, I get paid for it, I don't enjoy doing, what I have is a job. In the first service, they really clapped when I said this. <laughs> I'm not saying you should. You know, because it was like, whoa, okay, all of a sudden, now I see. Praise the name of the Lord. So if, if I have something I'm good at that I, I get paid for and I really don't enjoy doing, but it's, it's a job. I, I've got a job right there, right there, which is fine. Now, if I have something I, I am good at, I enjoy doing. I can do it from morning till night. And I'm very good at it. But I don't get paid for doing it. I simply have a hobby. I was a hobby. For instance, I consider myself one of the best footballers in the world. You need to see me play, man. <laughs> that your laugh is very sarcastic. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I consider myself one of the best strikers in the world. Now, you don't, you don't see me believing. Saturday. <laughs> now, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, now, I, I have track record to prove, to prove it. When I was in secondary school, from form three, I was in the school team, senior school team. I can dribble you, I come back and collect money. <laughs> now, I'm good at it. I enjoy doing it. I can play soccer from morning till night. But I don't get paid. So what do I do? Is that my oil? Ah, I better leave it alone. Because I have a family to feed. (laughs) Not only do I play soccer physically, I play soccer on the the console. Play PS3. Few months ago, 68 people all over the Lekki Peninsula gathered to play PS3 FIFA 12. Who won the tournament? 
Matt, I won the tournament. Teenagers, mean teenagers. But I showed them Pepe. <laughs> and they are angry right now. They are jealous. They are waiting for December. They want me that they will show me Pepe in December. I say, I'm not playing in December. <laughs> but really, really, I'm not sure if the Lord wants me to play. <laughs> but until December, who is the current champ? Yours truly. Now, the fact that I am good at it, and I enjoy doing it, but I don't get paid for it. I cannot build my oil on that. In fact, that is not my oil. Now, if I have something that I'm good at, that, sorry, that I enjoy doing, and I get paid for, and I'm not good at doing, what do I have? I'm about to be fired. About to be fired. I'm about to be fired. I enjoy doing it. I get paid for doing it, but I'm not good at it. Thus says the Lord. You will soon be fired. <laughs> you can take it as a prophecy, you know. But that's the truth. You see, Christians, sometimes we have this entitlement mentality thing. There's someone that I fired, you know, and they say, oh, but we are church people, you know, we love ourselves. I say, what is that? This guy is incompetent. So I should live with incompetence because I'm a pastor? Sorry, I won't. A lady, a lady said, said, said to in the north, a church in the north, she said, oh, because she's a believer that they, I, I, our boss is persecuting her, they are persecuting her, da, 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 da. she was just going on and on. And one day the pastor says, you know what, come and walk in church office. You know, all these people that are not Christians, you know, they can be very mean, they are persecuting you, but, you know, take this dictation and type this letter for me. She was like a secretary. So the, the pastor dictated a letter and she took down the note and she went to type the letter. And the pastor saw the letter. And the pastor said, ah, your boss is a very nice man. <laughs> you know, we hide under Christianity, under, you know, as mediocrity. No, 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 no. If you are enjoying it, you are getting money for it, you are not good at it, you are about to be, you are about to be fired. So, if I am good at it, I enjoy it, I can get paid for it. That's my oil, right there. That's my oil. That's my oil right there. If you, if you are taking notes with, your, with some cheap phones that you cannot draw on. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, oh. <laughs> or you cannot take pictures with you know if you cannot draw you can take pictures with you know you can say like somebody um, showed me today after service call this A call this B call this C say A plus B minus C equals or B <laughs> say B plus C minus A equals job B plus C minus A equals fired. A plus C minus B equals job. A plus B plus C equals oil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. It's simple. For me, I give you an example. You know, I run a business. I run, I run a software firm. For, for me, my, my, my oil is... Programming, software, I write software, I still write software. It's programming. I enjoy doing it. I can code from money till night. I'm good at it, I try. I get paid for it. Someone is willing to pay for me. That is what? Oil, right there. Ministry-wise, by God's grace, I'm gifted to teach. I can take a complex idea and make it very simple. And people say, ah, who do you know that? Like, like this one now. You are thinking you knew it before, right? 
That's what a teacher does. I say to people, <laughs> I say to people that I'm not a prophet. No, I can teach prophetically. I can teach evangelically. I can teach apostolically. I can teach <laughs> whichever way. But at the core of my gifting is teaching. I know that. So I focus on it. I read like, if you get to my house, you see where I sleep. It's a dungeon of books. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. What is your oil? What is your oil? So the next thing, people are tweeting me even right now in service. I'm not going to respond to your tweets. Say amen. I respond after service. <laughs> now, the next thing, principle number six, and Mark is going to do justice to it tomorrow, by God's grace, is the principle of relationships. Elijah, the principle of relationships simply states you cannot fulfill your destiny alone, period. You cannot fulfill your destiny alone. Elisha, verse 3, and Elisha said, borrow as many empty vessels as you can from your friends and your neighbors. You cannot reach this level of multiplication without your friends and your neighbors. Who are the people that God has put in relationship with you? Like I said, tomorrow, the specialist is going to come and blow it up for us. My job this morning is to let you see the importance of relationships. Do you have friends and neighbors? If you ask them for vessels, will they borrow you? The people you call your friends, if you ask them for vessel, will they borrow you? Why? Because none of us is as smart as all of us. None of us. We need each other. None of us is as anointed as all of us. No matter how anointed you are, when I come into the room, we are more anointed together. No matter how anointed I am, when you come into the room, we are more anointed together. So, for one person to think he's a superstar, is a fool. Praise the name of the Lord. There's something I have that you need. And there's something you have that I need. Please say to your neighbor, there's something you have that I need. So, the next question, Oga. Produce it. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Produce it, produce it. Now, the, the key thing is, is, is not worthy that God did not say to the woman, go and borrow more oil. Go and borrow oil. God said, go and borrow vessels. We are not to borrow oil. We are to borrow vessels. Totally different things. The oil is what only you can deliver. The vessels are, you know, for instance, I mean, there are a lot of pastors that when they start um, uh, churches, they want to reinvent everything by themselves. They want to reinvent the wheel. They want to be known as they are the ones that invented this. I'm like, that's a bloody waste of time. There are people that are smarter than you that. The Spirit of God has given a process on how to do things optimally. Go and learn. Earlier this year, five of us went to Jesus' house in London for a whole week. What did we go to do? To learn. To borrow vessels. So we went to borrow vessels. We will not borrow their oil. We are not interested in their oil. Everyone has his own peculiarity. We are not interested in their oil, but we can use their vessels. So we borrow their systems. We poured our oil into it, and it's what? More multiplied. Same thing in your life. The problem with us is we go to our relationships demanding for oil. We go to our relationships wanting them to give us oil. God has not sent you on that mission. God wants you to deliver, to borrow vessels. Everybody say vessels. Our relationships cannot give us oil. They can only give us vessels. Number seven, the closet principle. Everybody say closet principle. 
simply states that multiplication occurs in the dark. Multiplication occurs in the dark. Children grow while sleeping. Plants grow roots underground. And I have an assignment for you when you get home. All of us are children. When you get home, go and ask mommy and daddy where does production take place. Some of you don't understand yet. You are taking notes. They will tell you that reproduction takes place where? In the dark. Try it. Get home. Ask mommy. <laughs> mommy, where does reproduction take place? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Then go into your house, Elisha said, with your sons, verse 4, and shut the door behind you. Everybody says, shut the door behind you. Pour the oil from your flask to the vessels, setting each aside when it is full. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's like a house. Your mouth is a door. Shut it. Keep your mouth shut. Many of us in our, in our professions, maybe in our careers, God has shown you an opportunity for promotion. But you, you open your mouth, you'll be blabbing about it, you attract unnecessary battles, unnecessary warfare. Sometimes the door actually shuts. Some of us, God has given us a business idea on how to take our business to the next level. Keep your mouth shut. Don't talk about it. Keep quiet. Brood on it. Let the Holy Spirit ruminate and brood on it. That happens to a lot of people. They have an idea from God. They talk about it. They talk to this person, talk to that person, talk to this person. And the more you talk, you dissipate the spiritual energy required to birth the idea. So you discover that you talk, talk about the idea, you never are able to bring it to pass. Then six months down the line, eight months down the line, you see somebody else doing the idea. You say, oh, that's my idea. Has it happened to anybody here before? You have say the truth, say the truth. Say all the hands. Today, you will go higher in Jesus' name. So say to your neighbor, please, look at your neighbor again and say to them, I don't mean any disrespect, but please keep short. I don't mean any disrespect. With all the respect I can summon. I did say, I did say you should add big mouth to. I did, I did say you should say keep your big mouth short to. I just said keep. Keep short. It will burn in you like fire. I know. I know that feeling. You just want to talk to someone about it. Keep quiet. Keep quiet. And number eight is the last principle is the capacity principle. I was a capacity principle. Capacity principle simply states that a container cannot retain more than its capacity. If it's a two-liter container, if you like, bring a 100-liter tank and pour the 100 liters in that two-liter container. At the end of the day, how much will you retain? Two liters. So my capacity is more important than anything else. I need to invest in my capacity. I need to read. I need to stretch my mind. I need to stretch my capacity. I need to stretch my capacity. Verse 5 and 6, she kept pouring the oil. As soon as the vessels finished, as soon as she ran out of capacity, the oil stopped. The problem was not the oil. It doesn't finish where it's coming from. Praise the name of the Lord. The problem was the capacity of the person. So I need to increase my capacity to believe. I need to increase my capacity to believe. God is saying, I will do X with you. Some of us don't believe it. For, for some of us, I just stepped into this place, and I'm talking clearly, spiritually, prophetically now. I just stepped into this place. God told you what he's going to do with you, and you don't believe him. For some of us, it's not this place. God has told you before what he's going to do with you, and you don't believe it. You need to increase your capacity to believe. Your capacity to believe. I use the tight 
thing as an example in the first worship experience. For some of us, when we were earning 50,000 naira a month, we would tight, no problem. God promotes us, we earn 100,000 naira a month, we would tight, no problem. God promotes us, we earn a million a month, we will tight, no problem. God promotes us, we earn 10 million a month, we will negotiate. Then God blesses you with a hundred million. I would say, ah, what are they even doing with that tight self? <laughs> you know what you are saying to God? That is beyond my scale me down. So they will scale you down a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Maybe when you get back to 500,000 and you don't have a problem tightening, they say, leave her or leave him there. It's a capacity issue. The questions you won't ask when you were any title of it, when it's the only million, you are beginning to ask. I have noticed that pastor's jeans is becoming very sharp. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you know how we are structured, pastor doesn't even touch the tights. Abby? Not at all. Now, but that's just an aside. Even if I touch it, it's your business. <laughs> but I don't anyway. The key thing is this. You need to realize that it's your capacity that is limiting God, not God's ability. It's your capacity. Your capacity to believe. You need to increase your capacity to belong. Your capacity to belong. Some of us can't keep relationships. You know? Can't keep relationships. Look at Pastor Kechi here, for instance. Pastor Kechi, I've known Pastor Kechi from when we were in house fellowship and the house fellowship was going to become a church. We were going to look for the venue together. We walking up and down looking for venue for church. That was 2004, 2005. And we are still friends. Praise the Lord. I can go on and on and on and on and on and on. I value relationships. Your capacity to belong. Some of us need to increase that capacity. We need to increase that capacity to walk. Go into the room. Pour the oil in the vessel. That's a lot of work. A lot of work. A lot of work. If she has stopped at vessel number three, says, I'm tired, though. This thing wants to break my back. I can't pour this thing again, though. Hey, Chineke, help me, oh. Help me, oh. What will happen? She will have how many vessels? Three vessels. You need to increase your capacity to work. You know, unfortunately, we think favor is laziness. Oh, no, 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 no. Favor will bring you to a level of work that you will never imagine. Then we need to increase our capacity to sell. I know I'm saying many things. I'm rolling it out. I'm encouraging you to get the CD or download the message for free on iTunes and listen to it again. Your capacity to sell. Elisha said to the woman, go and sell the oil. Go and sell the oil. Elisha didn't say to the woman, go and dash. Maybe the woman could have said, oh, Mama Inkechi borrowed me vessel. Mama Inkechi, take some oil. You know? Uh, Mama uh, Inka borrowed me vessel. Mama Inka, take some oil. Is that what Elisha said? Return the vessels, sell the oil. Wash it very well. Mama Inkechi, thank you for your... Uh, I may sound callous, but see, that is the way to profit. You can now bless Mama Gechi from the profit, but you must sell the oil. Elisha didn't give her the price tag for the oil. <sighs> can I unpack that a little bit? Elisha did not give her the price tag for the oil. Elisha did not say, sell the oil for five shillings. Elisha said, sell the oil. I've heard people come to me, oh, that this lady, she, um, she's very good, she teaches 
children mathematics. That is her gift. She's so gifted in teaching children mathematics. I'm, this is a hypothetical story. But a real life situation has happened to me, but it wasn't mathematics. You know, and that whenever she teaches the child mathematics, the child that she teaches that doesn't know mathematics, hmm, that child is not meant to know mathematics. But she charges a ham and a leg. She's crooked. And I said, no. Don't call her crooked. If you are not willing to pay for it, leave her alone. Abby, the people that are paying are paying. If she's charging $1,000 a week for teaching your child mathematics, and people are paying for it, and you can't pay for it, and you're abusing her that she's profiteering, God will forgive you. Say amen. amen. If she's charging $1,000 per week, and nobody's paying for it, will anybody teach her to bring... To the, no, no, the market forces will determine the price. God did not say, sell it as a settlement. God says, go sell the oil. You determine how profitable you become. Praise the name of the Lord. And I'm praying for everybody here that is struggling with poverty or or poverty is getting close to you, chasing you very closely, that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that poverty will be a total stranger to you and your generations. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'm I'm praying. You see, for for some people, they think, oh, poverty, what is this man talking about? I'm praying that you will not know poverty. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want to pray with you if you are here. You know, we we said it, it started with God. It all starts with divine direction, with getting that direction from God, the direction that separates you from the park. How can you get a direction from God that you're not in a relationship with? Jesus is not the Lord of your life. Or you used to be born again, you are backslidden, you are far from God. You need to locate your oil today. The first step is what is God saying? No prophet can give you that. God wants to talk to you. God wants to establish a relationship with you. 